You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Shotgun back to Aiden O'Connell, throws the slant, caught by Meyer, spins out of a tackle, touchdown Raiders. Quick throw to Jacoby Myers, who spun out of there and got in the end zone. And for Aiden O'Connell, he has his first career passing touchdown late in the fourth quarter here in Chicago. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oya Hotel and Casino, it's Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And pleased to have on the phone lines, Trey Wingo. Trey is from 33rdteam.com. And, Trey, thanks for, so much for your time. Not only are you from 33rdteam.com, you have so much going on. I just saw the Chasing It podcast with Chase Daniel. I know you're working with Mark Schlereth as well. What all is Trey Wingo doing these days? You seem to be a busy dude. Uh, trying to keep up, too. Trying to keep up. Thank you. Yeah, working with the 33rd team, do a bunch of stuff for them. The podcast with Chase Daniels. Chase Nick, wherever you get your podcast, has been great. We had Travis Kelsey on, and we mentioned the word Taylor Swift, and let's just say our, our, uh, our, our clicks and downloads went through the roof, <laughs> which was pretty fun. Uh, I've got another podcast I'm starting up in January with Amazon and Wondery, uh, which is called Making Waves. It's about historical things that happened in and around sports, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Do some stuff for the PGA Tour. And I work with Mark Schlaff on something called the Stunt App, which is a brand-new platform uh, where we're just encouraging people to talk about sports and not all the garbage you get on Twitter and everywhere else. This is just a place where you can communicate as a fan. It's called the Stunt, S-T-U-N-T. You can download it uh, in the App Store or Google Play if you're an Android person. And uh, we're doing a lot of fun stuff with that. We're, we're owners in that. It's going to be great. Yeah, I need to sign up for that right now. <laughs> I need I need to get away from that cesspool that is Twitter, and uh, the stunt app sounds like the way to go for me. Let me tell you. Well, you mentioned Travis Kelsey. Let's go ahead and start with the Kansas City Chiefs. They've railed off six wins in a row. They're 6-1 and one on the season after dropping the initial game to the Detroit Lions. I said that, hey, their offense isn't clicking. Uh, it, it needs a little something-something. But, Trey, they look like they're just fine, and they've got the best, te- best record in the AFC right now. Well, you're right. Their offense does need a little something-something, but I think it's coming. Like yeah. This kid, Rashi Rice, that they took in the second round, I, I think that he has three touchdown catches now, and he's starting to be the kind of player that Mahomes had in, say, Juju Smith-Schuster last year. He doesn't need to be great. He just needs to be dependable. Uh, and, you know, you get Nicole Hardman back, and, well, you know, he was a gadget player. But, yeah, but look what he did in that game, Okay. He had a drop early on that made them settle for a uh, settle for a field goal on that first drive. But then, when that game got tight in the fourth quarter, it's a seven score, uh, seven point game, one score. He has a huge punt return to get them down in position to win the game. And right before the touchdown pass, Isaiah Pacheco, because Patrick Mahomes knows Nicole Hardman and can trust him, and he has that speed. They ran a crossing route across the middle. He picked up a key first down on the very next play. Boom! Pacheco into the end zone. That's the ball game, thirty-one to seventeen. The Chiefs' offense is an unfinished piece of work, right. but it's getting better week by week. And this is by far, by far, to the best team Patrick Mahomes has ever had around him. The offensive line, even with the problems with Juwan at right tackle, is still really, really good. And this defense is ridiculous. You saw Amenahu play for the first time after the six-game suspension. What did he have? He had a bunch of pressures, a sack, and one of those batted balls was one that he batted up that they picked off uh, in the red zone, stopping the Chargers from scoring. So this is this defense 
is really, really good. Now, they're going to lose Nick Bolton for a while, but this, this might be the, the year that they can afford that because they have playmakers on every layer of that defense. Yeah, they really do. I've been really impressed with what Steve Spagnuolo has been able to put out there and the way that they've been operating. In the first game of the season, they didn't even have Chris Jones, and we saw them lose to Detroit. But ever since then, they've really been cooking. I mean, they, they look really good defensively. What is it that Steve Spagnuolo, in your opinion, has done to really hit the right buttons at the right time? Yeah, and remember, in that, in that game with the Lions, the defense only gave up 14 points. It was a right. pick six that was really the difference in the game off of Kadarius Tony's hands. So... Uh, that defense was even good in that game without Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter It's a matter of – look, Steve Spagnuolo is a guy that's going to try and bring heat almost all the time. And he's got players that can do this now. They drafted Karloff this last year, uh, and he's been a steady performer. Not, not great, but steady. You know, they, they have Chris Jones back. This kid, Mike Dana, that they picked up from Michigan a couple of years ago, he's turned into a really effective player. You have Willie Gay, and we mentioned Nick Bolton, and they're going to have to – deal with that you have those linebackers now that can make plays spags has guys that he trusts on every layer of that defense and you look at corners that are playing remember their entire secondary was basically rookies last year Mm -hmm. you got cook out there uh playing safety you have watson and williams that were drafted and you have trent mcduffie uh you know yeah and then then you throw reed into the equation that they picked up last year uh, from the houston texans they have guys that can get to the ball and get the ball on every level of that defense yeah, they do, and they're playing at a very high level. Again, we're talking with Trey Wingo now on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, Trey, you've, you've been around the draft so much, and, and I always love all your breakdowns of the draft, and we're talking about players that the Chiefs have that are young, rookies last year. What, what does it take for an organization to consistently do well in the draft? Because it looks like all the really good teams, that's exactly what they do. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of – a lot of grinding, you know, and it's a lot of work, and you have to trust your guys. Like, you know, if, if some scout comes to you and says, look, you've got to trust me on this. I, I think we can – I think this guy can be a player for us. Sometimes the general manager doesn't want to hear that, you know, and sometimes they'll say, listen, overrule. But I think what Brett Beach and his, his crew do is they, they believe in their guys, and they, they put in a lot of legwork. Like, you just go back to that 2022 draft, okay? Sky Moore is a problem. He's – he hasn't really developed yet, but every, almost everybody else they took in that draft, whether it's linebacker Leo Chennault, Trent McDuffie, uh, Cook, Watson, Williams, all those guys are massive, and Carl Loftus, those are massive contributors to that defense. Um, now, I'm not sure how this, uh, the, the kid, the, the pass rusher they took out of Kansas State, he's having a difficult time getting on the field uh, in their first round of this year, but they've, right. they've got some gems in this year's draft as well, and you know, this kid, Rasheed Rice, is going to be one of them. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to hit on every pick, but it just seems like certain teams do. And then, of course, you know, yeah. we're here in Vegas with the Raiders, and, you know, they're trying to establish that with Dave Ziegler and company. But for the longest, as you know, the Raiders have swung and missed at a lot of draft picks. They had a lot of capital going all the way back to the Khalil Mack trade, and it just seems like time after time after time it never they never hit on the right guy. They hit on a couple, like a Max Crosby, but they yeah. don't hit on them consistently. Yeah. Well, I mean, Max Crosby sort of makes up for, for whipping on Cleveland Pearl with a third overall pick <laughs> yeah. in 2019, right? I mean, yeah. like, you go, oh, we got Max Crosby. Yeah, but you still should have taken that guy third overall. And then, of course, the 2020 Raiders draft, let's not even talk about it. That might be the worst draft in the history of drafts. Right. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it, it's, it's really bad. How about the Philadelphia Eagles? They picked up a victory over the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night football and bounced back from a bad performance against the Jets. What did you see from Jalen Hurts and the Eagles? And, oh, by the way, they went out and made a move for, uh, for Bayard from Tennessee. They traded for a new safety uh, on, on the back end of that defense. 
Yeah, just real quickly on that trade. I mean, this is Howie Roseman at his best. You know, we talk, I talk about Brett Beach and the GM of the Chiefs a lot, but Howie's not afraid to take big swings. I mean, look at A.J. Brown. You know, you got DeAndre Swift there from Detroit, and he's uh, actually doing really well for them. And now they get Kevin Byard. He's not a good player. He's a great player. He's an mm-hmm. all-pro safety, and they got him for two, uh, a fifth and a sixth rounder in 2024. Clearly the Titans are in fire sale mode. They, they can read the wall. I wouldn't be surprised if Derek Henry's moved. Uh, before the trade deadline with the way things are going. Um, but By- Bayard is a good pickup for them. The only thing that concerns me about Philadelphia is that Jalen Hurts is becoming a little bit of a turnover issue. Mm-hmm. He already has more interceptions this year than he had all last year. He had another lost fumble in that game last night. The interception was kind of freaky last night. It was a batted ball, and somebody just went up and got it. I understand that. Those plays happen. Um, but he already has more picks than all of last year. And sometimes when a guy signs a big contract, they feel like they need to do more, like to justify the money, you know? Mm-hmm. And someone, someone in Philadelphia needs to tell Jalen, we paid you for what you did, not for what we think you're going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. What you did was good enough. Who you were was what we needed. Don't, don't go out there and, and give us extra. Don't, don't, don't go out there and try and do that extra stuff because what, what you had was good enough. So... I'm a little concerned that and, and Jalen's a great guy and a great a great human being and he's a son of a coach. He'll take the coaching. Right. I just think we need to get him settled down a little bit because Jalen Hurts settled down is as is as good as you need in Philadelphia, trust me. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. They they could be a team that's fantastic, but you like you said, the, the turnovers just can't have those turnovers, but that run game, man, that run game is solid. What is your thoughts on the whole brotherly shove and everyone's wanting to get rid of it because they can't stop it and it's dangerous. How, how do you feel about that play? Man, if it, if it was so dangerous and if it was so easy, everybody would be doing it with the success of the Philadelphia Eagles, right? You see, like in the, in the game yesterday between the Rams and, the, and the, uh, the Steelers, even though they gave him the first down, he clearly was not short of it. They just screwed it up because the NFL officiating is the worst I've ever seen it right now. I am tired of people trying to take something out because one team is really good at it. You know why the Eagles are good at it? Because they have a freaking great offensive line, and their quarterback is a former power lifter. I think what, 800 pounds was his, was, his, uh, was his lift total. I mean, he's a stud. He's got huge strength in his legs, and they have a great offensive line led by the likes of Lane Johnson. That's why they're good at it. If everybody else had those players, they'd probably be good at it too. So I, I hate that. Let them – it's not illegal. They're not hurting anybody. If, if, if you're going to say it's, it, if someone's going to get hurt, then let's eliminate the quarterback's knee because it's the same thing. It's just a version of it, right? We saw in the Chiefs game in the first half, Travis Kelsey got a, a little shuffle pass from Mahomes, and basically the offensive line just pushed him over the goal line. Much for uh, hanging with us for a little bit. Uh, I was asking about the, the brotherly shove. What is your thoughts on that one? Uh, yeah, well, how much of my rant did you hear? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. I, I, okay, I think it's the dumbest controversy of all time. They're good at it. Let them be good at it. If, if it was so easy, everyone else would be doing it with the success that they have, right? Right. Everyone else would be doing it. So uh, they're good at it, and they're good at it because they have a quarterback who is a former power lifter, and they have Lane Johnson, arguably the best offensive tackle in football, as well as a really good offensive line. And if you're going to say it's dangerous, well, then eliminate all quarterback sneaks. Right. It's really just, that's what it is. And if you're right. concerned about player health, then of course, if, if, if the brotherly shove is something that you think is dangerous, then every quarterback sneak should never be allowed. 
Right. I, I agree. I agree 100%. We'll get you out on this. The Baltimore Ravens, they really handled business against the Detroit Lions, who a lot of people, including myself, were kind of late to the party on. But Baltimore gave them the business. What, what did you think about the performance that Baltimore had on Sunday? Well, first of all, sometimes football happens, right? I think the Lions are a really good team. They just mm-hmm. they ran into a buzzsaw, and there was nothing they can do about it. Sometimes you just don't have it. And, and right. that's what happens in a 17-game regular season. That being said... That was a symphony conducted by Lamar Jackson on Sunday. A symphony. Um, he was 27, 21 of 27 for 300-something yards, three touchdowns, and he ran one, and he didn't play most of the second half. Um, Lamar is really comfortable in this new offense under Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator. They still rely too much on the tight ends. Zay Flowers has been nice, but they, they need more out of that receiving core. But their defense, guys, is really, really good. They went into that game with 24, which – Tied for most of the NFL. They got five more on Jared Goff. That defense is legitimate, and the Ravens, I think, are going to turn into a, be a bona fide contender when it's all said and done in the AFC. What do you expect the Lions to look like on Monday Night Football? They host the Raiders coming off a beatdown like that. How, how angry do you think they'll be on Monday? Well, I think you're going to have a lot of things to talk about on Tuesday, and it's not going to be pretty <laughs> in Vegas. That's what I think. I know that's right. I know that's right. Well, Trey, thanks so much for, for, for dealing with us and hanging with us. 33rdteam.com. Let everyone know about everything else you got going, including the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Uh, 33rdteam is great. Uh, Chasing It with Chase Daniels uh, podcast. We're taping an episode tomorrow. It'll drop either late tomorrow or early Wednesday. Also, the Stunt app. Download the Stunt app. I got a new podcast coming out in January called Making Waves about sports history and also doing some work for the PGA Tour. Nice. I love it. I love it. Great work as always, Trey. Thanks so much, my man. We'll catch up soon. I appreciate you. You got it, Q. Take care. All right, there he goes. Trey Wingo right there doing a little bit of everything. I could appreciate that, man, working a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm working at the corner store, then I'm working at the laundromat, then I'm working at the grocery store, and I'm doing this, that. Man, I ain't mad. I am not mad. That's a true hustler. Right after my own heart right there. We were at the Oyo, the hotel and casino underground lounge. We had a little bit of a break in the action. It seems like uh, consistently non, nonstop there will be at least one, uh, one time that uh, we say bye un- unexpectedly. And so it happened. But uh, I think we're back. I think we should be good to go. Uh, we've got a lot of folks on the job right now. i got my man Jared pacing at a frantic pace right now. He's about to put a hole in the ground. He's walking so hard right there, confused. Wonder what's going on. He's trying to get his IT on the best he can. Let's go out to the phone lines. Let's go out to L.A. Talk to our guy, Eddie. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Eddie? What's up, Q? How we doing, baby? I'm um, blessed, brother. I can't say I'm surprised about this, uh, this weekend's outcome. I'm just looking at the game, and I'm just wondering. You know, you, we, we, we talked about, about who they should start, Hoyer, and Hoyer giving them the best, the, the best chance to win. And I was, uh, I was right there with you. And the reason why is because he was a quarterback that he knew, right, he could assist. We, we were hoping he can tailor the offense to make them successful, not lean too much towards one side of the offense, to try to get something going and, and stay, stay fresh, keep the defense guessing. Uh, and that wasn't it. Obviously, we're going to we'll all be able to see that. So, uh, I, in my mind, you know, uh, uh, Josh McDaniels, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to keep calling out for the guy's job because it's, at the end of the day, none of us here have any control over that. I, I, I'm I'm at the same uh, thought process as you. I think they're going to give him another year. As bad as it sounds, it's just it is what it is. It it, it, it sucks to uh, to to be in this position again after so many years of us actually having hope and we're we're you know we're just waiting for that one missing piece. We're waiting for that one coaching staff that can really 
take what we have and, and take us to the next level, and we just can't seem to get there for one reason or another. Uh, as far as just the, the current state that there is, if you're Mark Daniels, you've got to ask yourself, you know, after you saw what Josh McDaniels did as a head coach with the Broncos, and now you're seeing him what he does here, how long do you really, can you really justify keeping him there? Do you really say, okay, no no doubt, for sure, he's going to go into next year? Or do, do uh, if, if this team comes out and, and is going to play ne- next Monday night against a team that is pretty pretty teed off about the performance against the Ravens, and they're gonna they they go out. They, their players have shown to play for their head coach to go out and run through a head wall, through, I mean through a brick wall through for their head coach. If this coaching staff can't get that out of their players, we're gonna see that right away. Whether it's whether it's next year or whenever, if it actually ever happens, they get rid of McDaniel. We're gonna learn a lot about who they are next Monday. I know that sounds kind of ironic, you know, uh, um, idiotic to say right now because of the performance this past weekend. But this is where you really separate yourself as, as, as from the boys and the men. You you got embarrassed. You got your ass handed to you. How are you going to come back? I mean, you got two games that you wasted where the defense helped you out, kept you in the game, won it for you, and you uh, and you let them down. And uh, how are you going to respond? How are you going to how are the players going to respond to the coaching staff? I said this before. I keep saying it again. It ain't easy being a Raider fan. Raider needs to stay up. Hey, thanks for the call, Eddie. Appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, they've got to do a lot of soul searching. And, and look, again, they it's only seven games into the season, so they still got a long time to go, a long way to go. But before you know it, we'll be talking about December, right? We'll be talking about the turn of the, the calendar over to January. Then all of a sudden we'll be talking about the end of the season. And then what do you do? And who knows what the record will be at that point. Uh, you know, I just – and I don't like to look, you know, super far ahead. I don't like to start counting all these different games in a row, even when it was at a part of the schedule that looked like it was a little bit easier. I didn't want to say, all right, well, the next four games are all winnable games. But just, again, being a victim of just kind of peeking at the schedule, the next five games are all going to be tough. They're all going to be tough. So they got to really do some soul searching uh, to try to get through these next, these next five games and still have their head above water. It's not going to be easy, that's for sure. Let's go out to New Jersey, talk to our guy Mitch. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm good. How are you? Pretty bad. Well, I don't know what they're playing for. I, I really don't like this coach. I really like to see him get an interim. Maybe be, be somebody good. I mean, you got two stars on offense. He had a good I mean, he hurt his back. These quarterbacks they have now, I don't want to see him. I want to see them. They've been playing for. They can keep Jimmy, and he can babysit whoever they draft, what, what quarterback they draft. I really gave you the list. Any of them. I know Caleb probably lost his uh, Heisman over this past weekend. I'll still take him. DJ, Drake lost. I'll take him. Even DJ, even Bo Nix, even Bo Derek. It's just terrible. He lost to a, a quarterback that wasn't even drafted. Right. Division two, a walk-on. Yeah, he's a Division yeah. two. yep. Definitely. Very bad. He can't get any, I guess he can't get any worse. Well, I guess that's I guess that's the way I look at it. Can't get any worse. Then they just can only go up from here. So, uh, thanks for the call, Mitch. I definitely appreciate you. And yeah, look, that's the thing. You know, the Raiders have to decide, and they will. You know what their quarterback situation looks like. I think we all know the harsh reality of what we knew before the season started, and that was the fact that Jimmy's not going to stay healthy, right? I mean, that was the biggest key. We know he's not going to stay healthy. They haven't won a game that Jimmy didn't start, <laughs> right? I mean, it just it just hasn't happened. Right, they've won. They've won uh, three games on the season. Jimmy started all three of those. And Aiden O'Connell started in week three. They lost. Brian Hoyer started on Sunday, week seven. They lost. 
right? I mean, the, their best chance to win is with Jimmy, and Jimmy is, you know, a guy that consistently you find out of the out of the out of the roster, out of the the lineup, and that's unfortunate. So at some point they'll figure out what they have in Aiden, how you know how long he may need to to figure that out, what kind of what, what what amount of games that'll be. Uh, I've been saying from the jump that he needs at least five, six, seven games to really determine who he is. A bunch of different opponents to really determine who he is. Not just a one stop, one start, and one stop, and then one start, and then one stop, which has been the number one reason why I've been against him starting. But at this point, you know, I mean, after what we saw on on uh, Sunday and the way that Brian Hoyer was so locked in on one receiver one minute and then another receiver another minute and then back to the other receiver, like that's not going to get it done. There's a chart that's floating around Twitter. And be careful, you know, as you as you scroll around Twitter. But there's a there's a chart that's floating around Twitter right now that shows all his passes and all his completions, all his incompletions. There was literally five pass attempts to the right side of the field, five out of what twenty nine passes, five, <laughs> or maybe it was more than that. It might have been more than twenty nine pass attempts. I don't I don't even remember how many pass attempts he had, but there was only five of them that went to the to the right side. So there was no spreading the ball out at all. It was all in the same little area. 32. It was 32 pass attempts for Brian Hoyer, and only five of them went to the, to the right side. With that being said, the Raiders are still 3-4, and four, and they're in second place. <laughs> so they, they, can still, they can still do some things, but they've got to win some tough games. You know, so, again, not trying to put dirt on the season. It's definitely not, it's not you know, over and done with. It's just not a good feeling after you come off a game like that where you realize that that was, that was one that got away. That was one that got away early and probably shouldn't have got away. I uh, got a text from the 925. Q, I can't wrap my head around this team. We're close to being 5-2. and two. We're also close to being 0-7. Real crazy season to me so far. That's, that's, uh, that's about as real as it gets. I don't really have to explain and expand on that one. Uh, this one's from the 707 at 40. For the first time since 12 years old, I'm officially debating if spending the time to watch this team is worth it. Being a Raiders, Raiders fan is bad for your health. That's from the 707. and I get it. I say it all the time. I tell a story all the time. There was a time when I would get worked up. I'd get upset. I'd get mad. Uh, nobody wanted to be around me, and at some point I just said, you know what, it is what it is. I'm not going to lose sleep over these cats. That they're not going to, you know, they're not going to do that to me. I'm not going to have a a, a bad day. Uh, so yeah, want to see them win? We'll root them on. I'll be sitting right in front of the TV, or I'll be at the game, one of the two, whenever the, t- the case is. But I'm not going to let it affect my whole my whole well being because that's just not, you know, it, it 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 ain't for me. It is for some people. It ain't for me. I'm 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 good. Uh, got a text from the 408. Q, don't mind Russell. He's just trying to brag about himself being somewhat famous. Sincerely, softball player who keeps stats on himself. Collar sunglasses dude at the club. And Kanye West. That's from the 408. That's pretty funny. I like that. Russell was, just in case you're just tuning in, he was the professional athlete that called in the show to tell me how I'm not doing my job correctly. And uh, I definitely appreciate Russell and his feedback. Uh, I wish he would have told me, like, I don't know who he was and what sport he played. We could have really discussed that. And how me being... Uh, more critical, the coach may have helped him play better at his level, whatever sport that was he played. But we didn't get a chance to catch up with Russell like that. So he's, he's welcome to call the show anytime he wants. Appreciate that. I uh, got a text from the 626. Hey, Q, can you please ask coach what he had for dinner too? LOL, which, yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, let's see. This one's from Barry. Q, I think that Peters will be a Raven again before the end of the regular season when he gets cut and the Raiders uh, put him out there or out of the playoff picture or before. That's from Barry. Uh, and I don't know what's going on with Marcus Peters. I really don't. I was uh, pretty pumped up because he was a veteran corner, and I think that the Raiders needed that veteran corner. He was a guy that, you know, has ball 
skills and production throughout the course of his career, I mean, and at, at a very high level. And I just thought he was going to bring a little bit of edge. And I know that he's been kind of coach up to Corian Bennett and even Amik Robertson a little bit. And so hopefully that's going on in the practice facility. But just on game day, it hasn't been – he hasn't been that guy that everyone expected him to be when the Raiders signed him. And, again, I didn't think that they were going to get, you know, mid-20s Marcus Peters, you know, Kansas City Chief or Ram Marcus Peters. But I did think you were going to get a, a little something-something that was going to be able to help out this defense. And, you know, on, on Sunday, it just it, – it was, it was a bad show. And I think he would tell you that it wasn't a good showing either. Uh, let's see. Got a text from Brazy in Vegas. Q, it's Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day in Raider Nation. So frustrating. But it's most likely Mark gives his coach another year at least. So we're stuck like a truck <laughs> watching this garbage. That's Brazy in Vegas. Thanks so much for the text. I do appreciate you. 426 is the time. When we come back, we'll, join, but we'll be joined by Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Review Journal. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. The reality is, it's the NFL. No matter who you play on Sunday, if you don't come and execute, then you know that's what's going to happen. And they came out and played better than we did, and that's the result that you see. So, you know, it doesn't matter what you do during the week; it matters what you do on Sunday. And today, we just didn't execute well enough. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here for Monday Night Football tonight, it'll be the Niners and the Vikings. Wall-to-wall TV screens here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. A lot of great food specials, a lot of great drink specials. Really newly designed. It's, I mean, it's awesome. It really looks really nice. Uh, they put a lot of work and a lot of money into uh, redesigning this place so you can come and enjoy uh, the screens and the food and the drinks and just have a good time with us each and every Monday night. Of course, we've got a bunch of prizes to hand out to you as well. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. He is efforting our guy Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas in the Review Journal, who's fresh back from Chicago, so we should have him in a matter of seconds to talk about this Raiders game and this Raiders loss, 30-12 to to the Chicago Bears. Uh, there's been a few people that hit me up and said that the – the Raiders app hasn't been working uh, very well or it's not getting the, the – you can't listen to the show. You can always check out our website. Our website is brand new. It is fantastic. There's a lot of work that was put into it, so it's not the cluster that you used to shut your phone down. It is fantastic now, lvsportsnetwork.com. If you ever have any problem listening to the station, any, your go-to way always is going to be lvsportsnetwork.com. Click on R&R, 920 a.m., and boom, it will listen live right there, and you're good to go. The website is awesome. A lot of folks put a lot of work into it to try to make sure that it is as good uh, as it is right now. So uh, your one-stop shop, you can listen to all of our stations uh, on the website at the same time. So uh, anyway, we're continuing the effort. Ed Graney, in the meantime, in between time, we'll go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's up, man? Bro, when I was all upset, when we got rid of um, Stidham, Remember, I was I was the main one talking about stick with Stidham. I, I was I was um, with getting rid of Carr, but I really wanted to stick with Stidham, even if we bought in Garoppolo or whoever. Yeah. But this is why. This is exactly why. Because if Jimmy G didn't work out, which he is, which isn't working out, even when he plays, we we still haven't scored over 18 points. You know what I'm saying? He was supposed to be the guy to come in, knew the system, the savior or whatever. But 
I didn't really believe in him. That's why I wanted to make sure we kept Stidham as, you know, even if he – because he probably could have beat Garoppolo for the job. You know, so I think if they both would have came in the training camp healthy, I think Stidham would have beat Garoppolo out for the job. Garoppolo would have been the backup, and um, Aiden would have been the third string. Or if we whoever we picked in the draft would have been, but it turned out to be Aiden. That's why I was so, so, so upset when we um, got rid of Stidham and didn't want to pay that money. We got a $100 million offense without a quarterback where we could have paid a measly $5 million or six, one million more to, than Denver paid to keep him. You see what I'm saying? If Stidham was here, I bet you we'd be at least 5-2. and two. You know what I mean? But that's neither here nor there. Man, and your boy Hoyer, he started. You know what I'm saying? I told you that was a bad idea. We, uh, I started not to even watch the game when I found out he was starting, but I, I don't want to turn my back on my team. But I knew it was going to happen, and that happened. But I, but I also blame the coaching staff. The coaching staff should have came out. You see Chicago's game plan? That should have been our game plan. And the game that um, Devontae Freeman had, that's the game I thought Josh Jacobs was going to have. You know what I'm saying? But they did what they were supposed to do. They followed the right game plan because they knew they had a rookie quarterback starting. They, they, they came with the proper game plan to help that rookie quarterback succeed instead of the game plan that we came out with when we played the Chargers. Ain't no way in hell we should have even allowed Khalil Max to get six sacks with a rookie quarterback. But the dumb game plan by our brilliant offensive coordinator, um, head coach, um, decided to do all that that allowed Khalil Mack to get six sacks with a rookie quarterback start the game. But anyway, I just say that to say this. Like my homie said, it's hard being a Raider fan. you got to have a mental and intestinal fortitude to put up with the ineptitude of our organization. You know what I'm saying? But it's not all over. You know what I'm saying? Even though we had that debacle of a game the other day, we still three and four. We still can get to the Super Bowl, and guess what a Super Bowl is? It's in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? So I wish Mark Davis could get Becky Hammond to coach this team. We might get to the Super Bowl in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? But that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to say that's why I wanted to keep Stidham. That's why I stressed the importance of a proper game plan because Chicago came out with the proper game plan, and that's why they got the W. Keep it gangster, y'all. Raiders, I'm gone. There he goes. Gangster Raider right there. And, look, I would have loved to have seen – Josh Jacobs run the rock 35 times. Problem with that game plan for the Raiders, they can't run the ball. Can't run the ball. And Deontay Foreman, Deontay, Deontay Foreman had a hell of a game, right, as a backup running back. But that's because you knew that their game plan was going to be run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball. We all knew that going in. They're really good at running the ball, and they did that, as opposed to the Raiders, who are not good at running the ball this year for some odd reason. Ed Graney joins us now on the phone lines, fresh from Chicago. You can check out his work on the Las Vegas Review-Journal and, of course, on the Press Box on ESPN Las Vegas as well, our sister station. And, Ed, uh, let's start right there. Gangster Raider was just talking about the Raiders had the wrong game plan. They should have gone in there with the Bears game plan, which was run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Problem is, Ed, they can't run the ball. They have no run, uh, run game. And where did it go? I have no idea. Where did it go? <laughs> All right. There you go. Well, that was a good lead-in. <laughs> it was a good lead-in. We have uh, we have issues here and there when it comes to the phone lines, and I guess we lost Ed, and we'll get him back in a hot second. But we'll start off with that, uh, you know, with that that thought on the running game and the fact that the Raiders just can't run it. And I don't know what happened to the run game. You got the you got the rushing champ, defending rushing champ, and Josh Jacobs. I don't put this all on him. I don't put it on the, all on the offensive line. I don't really don't know where to point the finger and say what the problem is when it comes to the run game, but it's just not there. But like I mentioned, the, the Bears, I mean, I asked, I asked Coach McDaniels, I asked Coach Graham 
last week about that about the run game and the fact that that's what the Bears want to hang their hat on. That's that's how they butter their bread, and they went and they did it. 173 yards, um, you know, and and they look made it look easy to be honest. And I believe Ed is with us now. And Ed, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. Fresh from Chicago, uh, the run game it seems non-existent for the Raiders. Uh, obviously, the Bears went into the game plan to do what they do. They did it really well. Where has the run game gone for the Silver and Black? Well, it was never there, Q. Uh, it hasn't been there all year, and you know that. And, you know, this is this is not an offense without a run game. You can't have an offense in the NFL without a run game because none of their quarterbacks, in my opinion, are good enough to carry carry the load when there's no run game. It doesn't matter who's a quarterback. They've played three of them. So I don't know the answer to it seven games in. Uh, you know, Josh McDaniel said they still have to keep working at it, working at it, but uh, whatever he's doing or they're doing is not working because when you average, you know, you have the reigning uh, defending NFL rushing champion and he's barely averaging three yards of carry, uh, there's something very wrong. So unless they get that fixed, the offense won't be fixed because you can't have an offense in the NFL and not run the ball. No, no, not at all. And, look, I went in, and I have no problem saying it. I went into this game thinking that Brian Hoyer was the right way to go, right? He was the veteran. It was a one-game thing. Cool, no problem. He clearly wasn't. But honestly, the way that they played and the effort that was given, I don't know if it would have mattered who the quarterback was. Ed. It just looked like a complete no-show from the team on Sunday. It was a complete no-show, and you're right. And I was with you on that. We talked about that last week. You know, they're 3-3, three and three, and it was kind of a win-now mode to get to 4-3. and three. They're playing a really bad team, 1-5 uh, and five team. And I understood the Hoyer call. I understood that, that you go with a veteran in that type of situation. You hope he can manage the game and not lose you the game, not turn the ball over. Whereas if you put the rookie in there, you know, he might, you know, some things might happen as they do the rookie quarterbacks, although the Bears had a rookie play pretty well yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I was with you on that, um, and it didn't work out. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to put it all on Hoyer. Again, they couldn't run the ball. Um, threw behind on the one pick, and then the last pick doesn't matter because the game's over. I mean, it matters in the big picture, but the game's over at that point anyway. Um, so, yeah, I was with you. I. There we go. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good thought. <laughs> so sorry, Ari. Don't was, be sorry. It's not your fault. It's not Ed's fault either. I'm just jumping on live radio to let everyone know that is not Ed's fault. Nor. Just, go on, man. Go ahead. Tell us why you're mad, homeboy. Go on, let it out, man. Go ahead, man. Go on, get it off your chest, I, man. I can't do it on radio. No, Raider, hey, look, Raider Nation is, is they vented all day. Go ahead, man. man. Go on, get it off your chest, brother. We're like we're like the three and four Raiders here with the phone. We, we just went three out of seven. No, nah, we uh we apologize. Just uh. Just, I guess, the perfect storm of different things. And definitely not Ed's fault because here he is texting me and asking why it's dropping. So, yeah, we are, uh, we are having some issues. I apologize. Uh, Ed, if you can hear me. He, he can't. He's no longer on the phone lines. I'm going to uh, let you go, man. I'm just going. Go on. Let's go, man. I, I don't know. Man. I can see. It's funny. I can see. I'm, I'm totally poking the bear, which I shouldn't. But, man, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm watching Ari on this stream yard that we have. As we can see video, I can see into the studio. And as soon as the busy signal hits, he starts throwing his arms Swing in the air. Swinging my fist as my signature move. Yeah, he was, he was, man, if, if there was somebody on the other end of those punches, boy, someone would be hurting right now the way you. I don't know about that. I don't know either. You kinda, <laughs> I would land them, but I don't know. You would that. land them. They might not hurt that bad, but he, Ari, was, yeah. Ari was angry. Yeah, if we can get it back real quick, that'd be great. If not, then that's okay. I got sound that I'd like to get to yeah. uh, from the Raiders locker room as well. So you make the call, pr- producer. Yeah, let me grab him right, uh, right now. We're going to go quick, and then we <laughs> might may or may not have another – Mess up, and we'll, we'll get back. Actually, you know what? Let's take our last break, which okay. I've already shortened to do okay. other things. And then when we come back, we'll ride it out problem-free right till 455.50. Okay, let's Nation do it. Radio. All right, there it is. You heard the man. We're going to take a break live from the Oyo's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. 
live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. And we are back. No Ed Graney cannot connect with his phone right now for some reason, so that's odd. Maybe we'll get catch up with him tomorrow. Uh, we have plenty of time to do that throughout the course of the week, but I don't want to keep trying to get him on and his phone for some reason uh, either keeps going busy or something. We'll, uh, we'll work on Ed for tomorrow. Uh, no problem with that. Again, we're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We only got a couple minutes left in the show. Anyway, I did want to hear some locker room sound. I did get a couple texts that I wanted to, wanted to address real quick. This one's from the 702 Q. Mark Davis knocked it out of the park, finding the right coach for the Aces. Why the heck can't he do the same for the Raiders? I know the Dolphins last, lost, lost last night, but hired the uh, hired the – wait, hold on. I think I know what you mean. I know the Dolphins lost last night, but hired the wrong McDaniels. Okay, so what you mean is I know the Dolphins lost last night, but they hired the right McDaniel. McDaniels. Is this a coach? Yeah, I got it. I don't normally ask for someone's job, but it's not working with this coaching crew. I get it. So, yeah, and I think Mark Davis tried to knock it out of the park with this coaching staff and this, and this whole front office and tried to get some kind of stability, right? And that's, that's what you have to have. And, and he did knock it out of the park with the Aces, and that's why I know he wants nothing more than to win. It just hasn't come to fruition yet, which is very unfortunate. Um, got a text from the 925. It's time for Marcus Peters to go. Um, that's unfortunate because he was a, you know, a veteran that I think that the Raiders need in that secondary. It just is not turning out the way that it's supposed to be. Text from the 530, Q, we're a medicine. Uh, text from the 916, it's embarrassing the way you keep taking calls from ridiculous people. Thank you, because I have absolutely no idea what the call is going to be when I take it. <laughs> I can't read their mind before I answer the phone. I could not take calls, period, if you want. I mean, I could do that. I could just say, you know what, the hell with it. I won't do any calls at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. If I let you voice your frustration, then it's ridiculous that I'm taking your call. If I don't let you voice your frustration, then it's ridiculous I'm not taking your call. If I ask the coach a question, it's ridiculous because I didn't ask him the right question. If I talk about a player that didn't perform, it's ridiculous because I'm hurting his feelings. Exactly what would you like me to do? (laughs) Exactly what would you like me to do? For the last three hours, I try to be here and try to help out and try to do whatever we can do, provide as much information, and everything, and I mean everything, is incorrect. I mean, for that case, just take the rest of the week off. Hell. (laughs) Ridiculous. Oh, boy. On a happier note, uh, Sir Whiskey Ray just wanted to chime in and let you know that he forgot his signature on the uh, text earlier. That was uh, saying Russell's Russell's call was uh, weird. Oh, no, that's cool. So shout out to Sir Whiskey Ray. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right, let's go to some locker room sound. Maybe we can do that correctly. Let's do it. Yeah, Vinny sent over a Meek Robertson. Here's a Meek Robertson in the Raiders locker room following the game. How about this? This is one of those examples of yeah, you got to be ready from start to finish or else, or else the games can get out of hand pretty quickly. Does it feel like? We just got to play better over, overall. Defense, offense, we just got our ass whooped. No excuses. Is there any explanation? I mean, did you see that coming at all? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, of course, you, you know, you never see a loss like that coming. Okay. You know, but all we can do is... 24 hours to harp on it, fix the mistakes, move on. That's all we can do. I feel like you're past that point of these bad losses this year, like maybe as well previous years. I mean, you never want to come into the game and lose. You know, you always expect to win. So, uh, of course, I'm not, you know, I don't want to say I'm used to losing. You know, we expected to come in, come in and win, a- execute and win. And we, we didn't do it today, you know, as a, as a team. So we just got to pick it up, 
for the practice, eliminate the mistakes, move on next week. Is it is it better to like burn the tape and forget it, or do you feel like you need to kind of everybody needs to dwell on this? Huh? I wouldn't say dwell. Yeah. You know, we go into meetings. Like I said before, we go into meetings, face the mistakes, man, and move on to next week. You know, we got a long season ahead. That's all we can do. Just kind of to that, like, what's the best thing that you can take away from this to help the team try to improve upon it for the next week? Oh, uh, stay together, man. Stay together. Don't point your finger. His fault. That person fault. This coach fault. That assistant coach fault. At the end of the day, we all we all just together. You gotta, you know, have that bad taste in our mouth from this air, but we gotta take it as a whole. Move on. Many thanks to Vinny Bonsignor for sending that over. He sent that over this morning to Meek Robertson in the Raiders' locker room. He also sent Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. So let's hear from Devontae Adams. Here's Devontae following the game. Did they change their coverage on you or anything or do anything differently after that first quarter? No, nothing changed the whole time. It was the same coverage. Devontae's another game with offense that struggled. I mean, is there any explanation at this point in the season? Um, I don't. I don't have one. Honestly, I, I have no idea. We just gotta. We gotta be better all, all around. Is this the type of performance you're kind of trying to warn about with the your, your comments recently about the offense need to be better? I mean, clearly we didn't. We basically didn't score. So yeah, it's definitely the idea. Is it more self-inflicted wounds, Devontae, or is it something the Bears are doing defensively? You guys. No, I mean not to not to discredit anything they did because I feel like they played a pretty solid game all around. But uh, it definitely had nothing to do with any any crazy things that they did. It's, it's more of us hurting ourselves. She out of Brian today starting at quarterback. Um, I mean, we just we just got to mix it up a little better. I just think it's just about just keeping keeping the defense honest and, and you know making it a little easier uh, on the quarterback and. We got to do it as, as wide outs. We got to get the run game going, and all these things that we've been struggling with all year is making it tough on the quarterback. So, I mean, if we if we can run it a little better, then I think that it all would help. You got a three and out, then you went down, missed the field goal, but you got in position. So, do you think everyone was ready to play at that point? Yeah, it's not about that though. That that literally doesn't matter at all. Everybody can be ready. You can beat on your chest and have. War paint on your face if you don't make the plays, it don't matter. You almost got to that ball in the end zones. It was just a little too far for you. What you no, say? I should have made that play. I, I, I mean, I killed the, whoever that was out there and then just just didn't make it. You said confidence with the offense and turning around? Um, I, I'm always, as long as I'm here, I'm going to have confidence and, and do what I got to do, do my part to make sure that I'm helping you know the guys around me and, and uh, you know we're going to work together to try to figure it out. There's Devontae Adams right there talking about the performance, talking about his drop in the end zone that he should have had. It was a tough catch, but he should have had it. Uh, he holds himself to a higher standard than that. And uh, obviously, it doesn't matter about not being ready. They can go out there and look the part, but they got to go out there and they got to execute. So that's what Devontae Adams is talking about. Also, Vinny sent over Max Crosby. Let's hear from Max in the locker room. Max, it just felt like that game kind of went a little sideways pretty early on. Any explanation for kind of how that went, especially early on in the game? Just, just, <laughs> uh, it just was football. We didn't play good enough any phase. Max, it appeared to be a great week of practice. You guys in the locker room were, I mean, I didn't see this one coming. Did you? No. No, but we didn't play well enough. Simple as that. Um, in any phase, so, uh, you know, we got to look at the film and uh, get better from it, simple as that. Three and four now, we got to get ready for Detroit. You know, we got an extra day of recovery. Uh, there's no excuses. Um, we got to improve, so 
Got to go get a win in Detroit. How this different kind of... is Badgett from what you would have faced if Fields played to present different challenges? I, I haven't, you know, obviously played either one of them. So um, I played Fields a couple years ago. I think he was a rookie, but they're both uh, athletic guys. But we knew what they were going to do. They're going to run the ball, screens, uh, misdirection, stuff like that, and uh, we didn't do a good enough job of stopping the run. So simple as that. As a captain, when the team is struggling with execution, what are what are some things you say to, to help get the team back on track, Max? Um, you know, it's about playing complimentary football. Uh, it's about doing your job at the best the best level um, you possibly can on a play-to-play basis. And uh, that's the focus every single day, um, not only for myself, but our D-line, our you know defense, our offense in general. we got to play better complimentary football. It just wasn't, wasn't good enough. It was literally an embarrassment. Is this the kind of that you just burn the tape, or is it worth maybe letting it dwell a little bit? You know, everybody's got to get better. You know, players, coaches, everybody involved, and we talked about it after the game, as simple as that. Um, so, yeah, we got to obviously watch the film. You don't just ignore it, what just happened. But at the same time, you can't dwell on it, uh, figure out what you can do better, and uh, move forward. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's obviously tough. We didn't play good enough, and it's, it's super disappointing. There's Max Crosby in the Raiders locker room following the game. You can hear the disappointment in his voice. You can hear the disappointment in Devontae's voice. And before that, Amik Robertson again. Thanks to Vinny Bonsignor for sending that over to us. Of course, you could check him out on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown every morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. He was making his way back from Chicago, as many others were, including Ed Graney, including Tashawn Reed, including Vic Tafer, and a whole handful of others that cover the team on the regular. So, uh, yeah, that's that's why Vinny wasn't on the show live this morning. He was still making his way back, but still being able to make his presence felt by sending over that locker room sound, and we definitely appreciate him and all his efforts. We appreciate Ed Graney for his attempted efforts. We'll uh, get him on the show tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, and just be able to kind of recap what he saw from Chicago. Uh, many thanks to Trey Wingo, even though that got interrupted. A few technical difficulties. We're here at the Oyo. It's okay. And Amber Theo Harris was fantastic, as always, uh, from Sirius XM Radio and the Silver and Black Show. And, uh, yeah, that's going to pretty much do it uh, from here, from the Oyo, the Underground Lounge. We're here every single Monday night. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll go all text. We'll go all all uh, all, all guests. Guest and text. That's what we'll do tomorrow. We'll make sure that we do not take any calls from any ridiculous callers because I would hate to, I would hate to offend anybody. So uh, yeah, we'll do text and and guest on tomorrow's show only. No calls. How about that? Uh, make sure that we keep everyone satisfied and everybody happy. So uh, thank you so much for all the feedback. I understand your frustration. Um, I'm the weatherman, but I'm here to try to help you out and uh, try to get through it with you together. And we'll do the best that we can. Appreciate you as always. Have a fantastic night. Ari, thanks for dealing with all the BS in the back studio. Know that it wasn't what you were trying to deal with, but you did a great job navigating through it, and we appreciate that. So we'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great one. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.